This is Real Love Now, a ministry outreach of Pastor Don Allen in the Church at War Hill. As with every aspect of our ministry, the purpose of this broadcast is to lead people into a growing relationship with Jesus Christ to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him and His children, and discover your destiny now. Here's the message from Pastor Don Allen. I want to give you a quote from Martin Luther King Jr. for just a moment, that when he said, to be a Christian without prayer is impossible. It's, it's equivalent to uh, being alive without breathing. Without talking to God on a regular process in your life, you're going to be missing out. So we're going to revisit last week's scripture just a little bit. When we talked last week, when the bold reply, when the Lord just gave me the ability to continue on in that scripture this week, I was so excited. When the bold bow. Father, before we read your word today, if, if to be in relationship with you is why Jesus came, that we might have the gap bridged, then help us to become people who walk in relationship. Make us yours on every side. Speak to our hearts and speak to our lives and help us to be yours. For you are the living God, the mighty King and the everlasting Father. Thank you for your word today. In Jesus' name. Lord, Show yourself strong in our lives. Somebody needs to pray that with me. Show yourself mighty in our lives. We're not asking for you to be on a shelf. We're asking you to break out. Change our hearts. Change who we are. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You know, when we talk about change, a lot of times we start thinking about all the negative things in our life. And some things we see as negatives. You know, I remember at one time God took me out of the ministry into a job and, and, and I did not, uh, I was angry at God, honestly. Uh, I'd always wanted to be like Samuel and serve God all the days of my life in his house. And when he took me out and I went into a job that I had to, to manage and, uh, uh, lead a lot of employees. And I learned so much during that time that as the church has grown, I've, I've learned that why God took me there. And some things about our lives that we want to change, God is preparing us. And, and I just feel that to share this with you, that some of you have felt like your boldness is a negative thing. Once somebody said to me one time, they, 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 were, they were frustrated and they said, how can you lead so many dominant leaders? That's what they said. They said, I don't understand how this church moves forward. There are so many strong leaders in this place. And I, I made a simple statement. I said, leaders respond to leadership. But the key there was the, the strong. And they saw that as somewhat of a weakness of our church. But I, I want you to know I celebrate your, your boldness. I celebrate who you are. Now, that doesn't, that doesn't give the right for rudeness. That doesn't give the right for inappropriate times of, of sharing your opinions. But the boldness that God gave you was for a reason. And it's so that when the opportunity arises that, that he can entrust the people with, with the power of his word enough that they would share it. That he could entrust people enough that when somebody needs prayer, they would actually pray. That they would be willing to step out from behind the scenes of, of religion and step out into the, the, the waves of faith and watch God cause them to walk on the water as God moves for lives. And I think that God's speaking to us about the changes we've made, but that some things that he doesn't want to change in our lives. And he wants your strength to be channeled in the right direction. He wants your strength because he wants to use you for his glory. Now, Acts chapter 4, verse number 23, picks up right after where we, we finished last week and our, our message time. Acts 20, uh, 4 and 23 says, As soon as they were freed, 
Peter and John returned to the other believers and told them what the leading priests and elders had said. When they heard the report, notice this, when they heard the report, all the believers lifted their voices together in prayer to God. All the believers said, let's pray. Not some of the believers. Everybody knew it was time to pray. Let me tell you, we've got to learn to begin to pray as the body of Christ because if there has ever been a time to pray, I think we are living in that hour. All began to lift their voices in prayer to God. And this is what they declared. O sovereign Lord, creator of heaven and earth, the sea and everything in them. Now I'm going to jump down to verse 29 for a second. And now, O Lord, hear their threats and give us your servants great boldness in preaching your word. And after this prayer, the meeting place shook. And they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, that, that presence of God that you were feeling just a few moments ago, filled them. I believe that God's ready for it to go from you feeling it to it filling you. Amen. I believe that God wants, can I get an amen to that? God wants you filled with the presence of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says there will be rivers of living water flowing out of you. Then they preached the word of God with boldness, with boldness. And again, I just feel this in my heart that the Spirit of God wants somebody to understand the voice that he put within you is not a negative voice. That boldness that's within you is there for a reason. God made you who you are, and he wants you to allow him to use you the way you are. Now, notice what happened here, though it's very important. And I've tried and tried to explain this to you over the years. But as a believer, we must see what they did. When they were faced with a situation, they immediately began to pray. Now, I'm just going to shoot straight with you. That's not what I usually do. What I usually do is I'm the type of person when, there, when there's a crisis, I lift my voice very loud. And I, like, I just kind of call a timeout. And then I go into action. You know, we were praying in that last service because I wasn't able to preach. We were praying, and the Lord began to deal with me about, uh, I'll just share with you, my, my little niece. We laid hands on her in the hospital, but, I, but since she's come out of the hospital and there's been so much damage from that horrible wreck, I haven't laid hands on her since she came out of the hospital. And, and I, I was just, just, just driven that, that there's something we need to be doing. That as the church of the living God, there's something we need to be doing, and we need to be praying. Now, some of us, we don't even understand prayer because prayer is a personal, conversational, uh, very sincere language that goes from our, our heart to the ear of God. It's what God came at. People say, well, why did Jesus come well, what, he, to save uh, uh, the lost? He said he came to seek that which was lost. What was lost? The relationship between God and man. And Jesus wants us walking in that relationship. He didn't save us so we can get to know him someday. He saved us so he can change our lives today. And God wants us walking in that. And I, I just feel kingdom purpose in what I'm talking about today. Because you have to understand that prayers are the lifeblood of a believer's faith. We talked about stepping out in faith and it making you bold, but where are you going to feed that faith? You're going to feed it when you're talking to God, when you are willing to throw up your hands in the air just for a moment and you feel his presence and you know you've made connection with the king of glory. Why is that so strange to throw our hands up in God's house? Oh, why don't we just try that for a moment? Amen. Amen. No, see, nobody fell over dead. What we're doing is calling out to him. 
We're reaching out to him because we have a God who knows where we are and he wants to touch us and he wants to change our lives. And I have this sermon here, but I feel the divine inspiration of the Lord that somebody here needs to understand. You're asking God, you know, in your mind, where are you? Where are you? But when's the last time you broke it down and said, okay, God, I don't know where I, what's going on. I don't know what's happening, but here's what I'm willing to do. I'm willing to promise to believe your word and trust you. Now guide me in your word. Prayer is essential to the life of the believer. But what you have to also understand is that prayer mirrors your theology. Now, when I say the word theology, most Christians kind of just shake their head and go, yeah, I've heard that in church, but I don't know what that is. We have theology, which means the study of God, theos. And then when we put ology on there, the study of God. You have biology, the, the study of the bios. You have uh, psychology, the study of the psyche. In, in that interest, that word means split in two. Amen. When you feel split in two, you might want somebody to study you for a while. Amen. Amen. But what we have is a study of, the study of there. And so when we're, when we're thinking about those things, we're talking about that your prayer life reflects really what your theology is. In other words, how, what you know about God. How you're talking to God reflects much of what you believe about God. You see, what you pray for or what you don't pray for reflects about who you believe God is. What you're willing to ask God for lets you see whether or not you really believe God can do it or not. What we pray for reflects of our belief about the one that we're addressing. So, for example, if we don't pray at all, then likely we don't believe in God or at best we really don't believe that he answers prayers. I'm headed somewhere with this this morning, and this is essential and it's imperative. If we pray very small prayers all the time, we most likely don't believe in God's ability to answer big prayers. If our prayers are bless me, help me, be with me type prayers, the odds are we really believe he's there to serve us. If prayer is our last resort, it reflects that God is not first, but rather is also our last resort. Now let's take a moment just, just to analyze this for a moment. Let's think about your prayers for the last week. Okay, everybody think about your prayer for the last week. Get it in your mind. Think about what you prayed about. You know, now I lay me down to sleep, okay? Get it in your mind. Some of you are going, Pastor, that's not my prayer. I like, praise God. Get it in your mind. There are people that are watching, listening, and probably some that are here who would have to honestly say, well, I don't know if I prayed last week. And I suppose that answers my point. That when we really believe God wants to be a part of our life, we make him a part. If you can't remember what you pray, does that reflect a God who's easily forgettable when sins arise? If we can't remember what we prayed... Did we really pray anything of value? Now, but there's some of you here and you're like, Pastor John, I know what I prayed. I know what I prayed. I remember what I prayed. And you know what? I am praising God for that. But when this point came, I, I, had, to, I had to analyze here first. And I thought, oh, wow. Because most of us, we can remember our prayers. But let me ask you, if God had given you the answer to every single prayer in the affirmative that you prayed this last week, how would it have changed your world? But if you had prayed last week, and many of you did pray, but I want to ask you, if God had given you the affirmative answer to those prayers, how would it have changed the world? Or would it have reached about as far as your family and those who are close to you? 
Because so many times, our prayers are the result of us asking God for comfort around us. But no matter what we prayed for last week, I'm convinced that if we really want to become the bold believers that God's called us to be, the bold people that he has created you to be, the people who are full of the power of the Spirit of God, that we're going to have to step up and begin to learn uh, to pray bold prayers. Now, last week, as we were, we were talking about Peter and John, as they were surrounded, remember that? They were in the Sanhedrin, and they were surrounded by people uh, that were, were, were condemning them. They were surrounded by people that were threatening to beat them, to kill them. They were, they were judging them on every side. They were pulling at them, and they were trying to distract them from their cause. All of a sudden, they asked them the wrong question, and the question was simple. By whose power and in whose name did you do this work? And Peter said, well, if you want to know, it's by the name of Jesus, the one you crucified, but God caused him to arise uh, to life again. What a powerful testimony. Now this story we read today picks up immediately after Peter has replied. Could you imagine that for a moment? These guys, I just love it. I just love it. I don't know where this, this was in my notes, but imagine it. these guys are circling them, jostling them. And all of a sudden uh, they, they, somebody hits him on the head and says, Hey, Whose name and whose power did you do this in? And he goes, well, if you really want to know, the Bible says, fill the Holy Spirit. He said, well, if you really want to know, it's in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, the one you crucified, by the way, but now he's alive again forever. And the moment that that happened, could you imagine, this is what I just saw in my heart, the, the, the train stopped. Does anybody catch that? All of a sudden, the train stopped. They had been walking around them, and they were so taken aback because somebody actually knew where their source of life came from. And when the world around you is wondering who your hope is, when you know who Jesus is in your life, and you begin to declare it, you better watch out because not only will it stop others around you, but the enemy himself won't know how to respond when saints catch hold of who they are. Amen. Amen. So what happened? So what did they do? These, I just, this is just awesome. Listen to what happened, verse number 15. They stopped. Peter's like, so what you got to say now, big boy? And listen to what verse 15 says. So they ordered them out of the room. They're like, get them out of here because we don't want everybody else to hear what they've got to say because they might start believing it also. Wouldn't that not be awesome if the devil was having his weekly meetings with his staff over assignment over your life and if he said, you know what, you better lay off of them a while because every time you attack them, it drives them deeper in their faith and they're not ashamed to tell people who God is and what God can do. So they sent them out, and the council conferred among themselves. They said, what should we do with these men? They asked each other. We can't deny. Woo. I've got a sermon here, but I just feel the Holy Spirit. <laughs> we can't deny that they have performed a miraculous sign, and everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. Let me just tell you, when you make your declaration of who your faith lies in, the enemy's having to say, what are we going to do now? We threw our best stuff at them, and they've risen up, and they've overcome. We thought we'd keep them addicted, but look at them now. They're in God's house worshiping. We thought we'd break up their family, but look at them now. God's healed them. God's delivered them by the power of the Spirit. Amen. God's looking for somebody. 
Some of you go, that's just not me. He doesn't love me like that. Yes, he does. The question is, do you believe in him enough to believe that he loves you like that? And some of you today, I just feel this in my spirit. Somebody here today, it's time for you to go from the cowering position of defeat to stand up in faith and declare it's by his might and it's by his power that we will overcome and the enemy will not prevail in this house. The power of declaration that I don't know about you. You can go where you want. You can do what you want. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I don't want to be any question about who the Lord is. His name is above every name. His name is the beautiful name that I cry in my darkest hour. His name is Jesus. Amen. I have a sermon on prayer somewhere here. Amen. They said, God's working, listen to this, but in order to keep from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak again in Jesus' name. They're not to speak in Jesus' name again. So they called the apostles back in and commanded them never again to speak or teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John replied, do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and we have heard. You know what God's just speaking to my heart? He doesn't want you having to tell about everybody else's miracles. He wants you to be able to testify to yours. He wants you to be able to tell people what he's done in your life. And it goes from being some storybook faith to the actual, I have been through the fire, but in the middle of my storm, I found one who was there in the storm and he walked me through and I came out better than I went in because though I may go through the fire, I will come forth as pure gold by the power and the blood of the lamb. Amen. I feel Jesus in this house. <laughs> So the council then threatened them further, but finally they let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot. Amen. And for everyone was praising God. So could you imagine this? They leave thoroughly rebuked. Imagine they get to where they're going, and when they gather with all of the other disciples, they begin to recount their experience. All the disciples are listening. Can you imagine their story? Okay, guys. Um, look, guys, the reason I hadn't been here for the last couple of days is because we got a little out of, out of hand. We, we got to back this thing down. Well, you know, we don't want to be offensive in the way that we present ourselves because it's all about being relational. Let me tell you, people are going to skip into hell together. But God's looking for somebody who will grab hold of an old rugged cross and hold on with one hand and reach out and pull others toward the grace of God with the other hand. God's looking for somebody who's full of the power of the presence of God enough in their life so that other people can testify to who he is and that he's been faithful through the years and he's never left you, he's never forsaken you and that he is able to deliver by his mighty hand. Let me tell you something. Let me just declare this. God's hand is not shortened, nor is he somehow uh, going to sleep, nor is he blinded, nor is he deaf to your situation. My God wants to show up and show out in your life so that others can see God can do it for them also. Amen. Amen. 
What you're at right now is somewhat like the response. I can only imagine what happened when the disciples walked in and they're all sitting there going, where were you? Where were you? And they're like, well, there's this guy and he got healed. And, and, and then they got to the part and they're like, they were beating us up. They, 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 they mishandled us. They were misusing us. They, all this was going on. But then all of a sudden, the, the spirit of God came on me and all of a sudden everybody began to listen because they remember the last time Peter said the spirit of God came on him and the whole town was shaking and thousands of people were saved. And Peter said, well, the spirit of God came on me. And I couldn't help but tell him that it's because of Jesus that this happened. And because it happened, all of a sudden, the, you think they began to cower? Do you think they began to back down? Do you think they began to go, oh, honey, maybe we ought to get out of here? No, I just imagine that something like we call having church began to happen. One old brother over here, when they did what? They told you what? Woo, glory to God. Somebody over here, both hands shot up in the air and tears started coming out of their eyes. And before long, the Bible says that all their hands were lifted up and they all were giving God glory and praying out to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. See, some of you don't get it yet. You don't understand what I'm trying to tell you. I'm trying to tell you the enemy wants to cause you to slink in the back and feel like God doesn't love you. But the spirit of the most high God wants you coming in and declaring, you know, I almost didn't make it. He almost took out my life. But greater is he that is in me than he that's in the world. And other people begin to say, hallelujah, I needed to hear what God could do. Amen. Amen. Come on, give him some praise like he deserves. Hallelujah. Somebody needs some gas thrown on your fire. Amen. <laughs> Woo. And then they, the Bible says they all did one thing together. And we said this in the men. Then all the believers prayed. Oh, y'all had already missed this revelation. We'd already forgotten about the prayer because we were focused on the praise. Then all the believers prayed. See, you're looking for somebody to give you the right, the right word so you can feel better and you can feel the power of the Holy Spirit moving through them. But God didn't send me in here with a message to tell you how to feel through somebody else today. But I'm trying to tell you how to get a hold of God yourself. It's time to bow your knee, lift your voice, cry out to the living God. And when all the believers began to pray, listen, and when the bold bow their knees in prayer, watch out. It's not a lay me down to sleep type of prayer coming out. It's a life-changing, bold prayer that says, God, do it again. Do it again. Change life again and let your name be glorified through my storm. Somebody in this place, the enemy's tried to have you tied down to your bed with despair and doubt in the middle of the night, but I have declared that joy comes in the morning and your freedom is in the name of Jesus Christ. There is power, 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 wonder-working power in the name of Jesus. Well, pastor, what do I pray? Let me just show you what they prayed. I just love this. This is what the Bible says. They said this. Watch this. Oh, sovereign Lord. They, they began to declare his sovereignty. You see, the problem is we are experts at declaring how big our problem is. We are experts at analyzing and turning it all over. My goodness, I just had this image. We've got our problem, and we look at it from every single angle. What would happen if your problem got ignored because you were too busy looking at the glory of who your father is from every single angle? And people are like, but, but, but you don't understand. This is going to take you out. You say, but you don't understand because you don't see who's with me. And you begin to pray, God, open their eyes so they can see. I don't fight by myself, but the armies of heaven have gathered around me, and greater is he 
that is with us and the enemy that is with them. Amen. Why would you say sovereign, Lord? See, sovereign means supreme, ultimate, in, ultimately in charge. So when they said this, these people are like, you shouldn't do this and you better not do this. They bowed their heads and they said, Lord, who is ultimately in charge? <laughs> God of heaven, who is supreme. In other words, they, they knew as they were praying, they knew that as they were praying, what did they, what did they, they understood that the power, and they said, Lord, we, oh, now, Lord, you hear their threats. What were their threats? They knew that as they began to pray, they knew as they began to move forward, they knew that the enemy was going to come up against them, but they were not going to lose sight by listening to the enemy roar. How many of you understand the enemy wants to roar, but the enemy is nothing but an old lion whose teeth have fallen out. He's roaring, looking for something to eat, but there is one that looked like a lamb for a moment, and, but he has been crucified, and now he is arisen, and he is the lion of the tribe of Judah. And when he opens up his voice to roar, the enemies must cower around his presence. And so today I declare to you that your God is roaring over you. Your God. Woo. My goodness. Somebody, you've listened to the devil long enough. Am I preaching to anybody this morning? You've listened to the devil long enough, but God is speaking out in power over you. Why? Because you're giving him his place. Some of us have given the devil long enough. You've let the devil have your best seat, but you don't need to reclaim it for yourself. You need to offer it up to he that's seated in glory and say, Lord, come into my life and have your place. Amen. What did they pray? Can you hear their prayers? God, please don't let us be beat. God, don't let them kill me, Jesus. Don't let them kill me, Lord. They prayed and they said, Lord, give us boldness. Don't let this back me down. I'm not going to let it back me down, but Lord, you see where I'm weak. You see how it's attacking me. You see the ways that it's it's playing with my mind. Matter of fact, somebody needs to get this. I've dealt with this so long. I've had it so long, but the Spirit of God wants you to understand. It's time for us to stop praying, Lord, get me out, get me out, and start praying, let me glorify you, Lord, in the middle of this storm. Let me lift you up in the middle of this storm. Let me show, let others see, so that when they say, how did this happen to you? And you can say, let me tell you how it happened to me. His name is Jesus. He died back then, but he's alive today. And I encountered him, and because of him, I'm still standing. I I feel like I'm preaching to somebody today who had no hope, and he gave you hope. Who had no peace, and he rescued your soul. Lord, give us boldness. There are many here this morning who life has backed you into that corner. And it's challenging you to step up and step up. But now it's time for you, I want you to get this, it's time for you to stop cowering and start bowing. Isn't that amazing? The devil wants to beat you all the way down to about here. He does not know he's got you almost where you need to be. (laughs) He has no clue that you're almost right where you need to be. When he's backed you down, call on the Lord. Pastor Don, why are you preaching on praying? We're Christians. Then let's be those believers we're called to be and actually do it. Just a thought. Bowing and asking God to make you bold. Asking God not to make our lives easier, 
but being willing to lose comfort so that others might see the testimony of his greatness through our life. God is looking for someone so in love with Jesus that he can deliver them as a testimony of his grace for others. And I boldly dare you today to ask God to move in your life today and allow you to be an instrument in the life of others. I ask you, I boldly ask you, to offer up to him the impossible situations of your life and join the disciples in their prayer. This was the end of their prayer. I want you to hear this. Some of you, this is going to stretch your faith. Stretch out your hand with healing power. May miraculous signs and wonders be done through the, through the name of your holy servant, Jesus. The day of maybe prayers needs to be passed. And the day of saying, God, I'm going to ask you to heal. I'm going to ask you to deliver. Stretch out your mighty hand, living God. So that others might see what my Savior can do. I'll take you back. And many of you have read this. And, and there's a small book written about this. But I'll take you back into a story for just a moment. As a young pastor, you, you try to deal with things and sometimes you don't understand that the crisis in the room is not necessarily your fault that you can't fix it. And sometimes when people are so desperate, they'll, 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 they'll lash out. And I'd had a really bad experience and, and part of it was my fault, really was. And I decided I, I really, you know, I didn't, I'd send the other pastors to pray for people. And so a call came in from Miss Dorothy Leggett. Miss Leggett said, my son, Robbie, he was cutting up concrete. And as the blade hit the concrete, the blade exploded and it sliced his brain. He said, Pastor, come pray. Come pray. I sent the associates of the church, the elders, very well taken care of. I felt still so wounded and unable in my prayer life. She called, where's my pastor? Where's my pastor? I wanted to say, you're taken care of. I said, I'm coming, I'm coming, I'm coming. She said, get down here, get down here. I said, yes. Much smaller congregation at that time. And so I, I drove to the hospital, weary, doubt-filled, faithless. You see, the problem is I was going to pray a faithless prayer. But faithless prayers don't change anything. I walked into the hospital waiting room. I can still see it there. She was about that high, freckled face, grandma. She just, you thought everybody thought she was their grandma. She grabbed me and she said, let's go. I was like, well, it may not even be time to go back there. Knowing me, I probably had timed it when you couldn't go back. She broke through the door basically. 
got me back there. I don't remember all those details, but we walked into the room. And when I walked into the room, she said to me, actually on the walk, she said, Pastor, they've told us there's no hope, particularly if he has pneumonia. She said, just before you arrived, he's now being diagnosed with pneumonia. When I walked in, his body was so slow, uh, swollen from fluid that I really felt like to touch him anywhere would have caused his, his skin to, to erupt. And somewhere inside of me, I was saying, let's just pray. I, I, sister, I, you know, let's just join hands together. And she said, you're going to lay hands on him. And so I identified the only spot that I felt was safe. <laughs> this always seems a little huge, but I grabbed hold of that boy's big toe. I grabbed hold of his big toe and began to pray. Somebody said, you got to lay hands on my head. I'm like, not always. And I began to pray. And somewhere when I began to pray, the Spirit of God rose up inside of me. And he said, you will say these words. And this is what I said. I said, God, I pray that right now that you're going to heal this man and that they will literally mark the time. I don't know how to be more bold than that. They will mark the time that we're praying as the time that God heals his body. In Jesus' name, amen. I would love to tell you that when I finished, light emanated from his body and he jumped out of that bed. But he did not. And I left there thinking that was an awfully bold prayer. The next morning about 7 o'clock, my phone rang and honestly, in my disbelief, I thought, well, he's dead. Get ready for a funeral. And I answered the phone, hello, thinking it better be a serious situation. You call me at 7 a.m., amen. Hello? And it was Miss Dorothy Leggett, and I expected to hear tears. And she said, Pastor, Pastor, Pastor. And I said, yeah, well, Dorothy, what, what, you know, I'm kind of half asleep. What's up? She said, Pastor, Pastor, they have marked the time. Pastor, they have marked the time. They have marked the time. I said, what are you talking about? She said, you prayed and asked God they would mark the time that that's when he got healed. And the doctor actually looked at the charts and wrote the time you were in the room that he began to take a shift. Now, hold on. I said, is he improved? She said, improved. God's healed him. I said, I'm coming to see. I'm coming to see. So now I made a beeline to the hospital. <laughs> I walked up to the ICU wing. I said, I need to see Robbie Leggett. And they said to me, they said, he's no longer here. And I thought, see, I told you he's in the morgue. They, I said, oh, I'm so sorry. Oh, no, 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 pastor. He's down in room such and such. I walk down into room such and such, walk through the door. Miss Leggett sees me, jumps up, and says, let me introduce you to a young man sitting up on the bed who had a smile on his face, and he was completely touched by the power of God. And listen to what he said. He said, preacher, I hadn't been serving God, but God healed me, and I'm going to Bible college, and I'm going to preach this gospel of what God can do. Amen. 
and give God some praise. Hallelujah. Why don't you stand with me in this house as we prepare to close today? Faithless prayers, faithless prayers produce no response. But the Bible says, and they, when they heard the report, they were all lifting their voices in prayer unto God. Somebody needs to change the way you're praying today. It's time for God to change your life. Bow your heads with me if you would here today. See, I believe that the God I serve the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That same God is the, is the God of Don, Christina, and those of you in this house, those of you that are listening, God is speaking to you now. He is still God, and He is still able to do the impossible. And I believe that God wants us to ask him to do the impossible. Some of you think that person will never be saved. Why don't you call their name out right now? I believe God can save them and set them free. Some of you think that that, that disease is never going to die. Why don't you let God be your healing right now? Because I believe that God is able. I believe these things. I believe them because I believe in one who is greater than we are. I believe in one who turned the water into wine. I believe in one who called the dead out of the, out of the grave. I believe in one who just walked by a coffin and the man got up. I believe in one who still heals and delivers. And because of this belief, I dare declare over you, ask him for the miraculous. Ask him for the impossible. My God is able, for his hand is not shortened. Father God, right now with our hearts and our hands lifted to you, God, we pray. Come on, the word says they all prayed. We pray and we declare that you are able to deliver us. You are able to heal us. You are able to save us by the blood of the lamb. You are able. My God, my God, my God. Somebody, I don't know what that situation is with your vehicle. You didn't think you could, that God could do it. You call unto God about it right now, and you just watch and see what God's going to do with that right now. Somebody, you need to get that. Somebody, that long-lost loved one that you don't know if they'll even talk to you, call to God about it right now, and God's going to show up where they are and begin to move. I feel you, Holy Spirit. Call the name of that child. You listen to me. This is not in any way an attack, but there are children that this house right now, that you're, they're coming to your hearts right now that are bound in sexual uh, uh, problems. They're bound in perversions. They're bound in wrong relationships. They're bound in, in things that have a hold of who they are and have taken hold of their mind. And the world says it's impossible. But I declare over you that my God is dealing with them. My God is reaching to them. My God is drawing them, not in judgment, but he's drawing them in grace. They don't need the world's judgment. What they need is the love of a mighty God for the prodigal sons need a prodigal father who will chase after them extravagantly and pour out on them by the power of the Holy Spirit 
Some of you thought the prayer was dead. Let it be revived inside of you now because I declare over you, God is going to answer your cry. Every head bowed and every eye closed. Who in here has an impossible you're willing to give to God right now? Hand up quickly, 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 quickly. An impossible. Don't raise it if it's not impossible. An impossible you're willing to give to God right now by the Spirit of God. Who am I to pray over such a prayer as this? Would you just begin to whisper that to God? Begin to tell Him, God, you see these impossibles. I declare that you are Jehovah Jireh, our provider. I declare that you are the, uh, the one, Jehovah Rapha, our healer. Lord, I declare that you are the one who sees all of these. You are, the, you are Shema, the one who is present in our hour of trouble, the one who makes war for us when necessary. And I declare the God who's able. My goodness, somebody in this place, you wondered if God's going to ever give you a child. Get ready, get ready. I declare God's healing inside of who you are right now. I declare it in you in Jesus. Jesus' name. I believe we're going to have a dedication by this time next year. By the blood of Jesus. I declare it over you. Don't you deny the word of the Lord. Let it take root inside of you. They will be a child of kingdom purpose. I speak unto regenerated powers of the Holy Spirit. God can take minds that have been attacked by by, by drugs and by disease and he can regenerate that by the power of the Holy Spirit. Regenerate. Make new. Bring to life. In Jesus' name. I just feel the draw on the Holy Spirit for just a moment more this morning. Hmm. I want you to know God's able. God is able. You prayed this prayer for 25 years, but God wants you to know he's able. Stay your course. Stay your course, and you shall see the deliverance of the Lord. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you say, Pastor Don, I want this kind of faith in a God who's alive. I want to know this, this Jesus that you are so passionate about. Saints of God praying with me now. You say, Pastor Don, I'm not committed to Jesus Christ. I have never surrendered my life to Christ, but right now I'm willing to give him my life. If that's you, would you just raise your hand in this place? Hold it up high so I can see where you are. Hold it up high. Thank you, sir. Is there another? Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Hold it up high. Thank you. Is there another? Thank you. Thank you. You can put those down. We're about to join hands with those around us and pray the prayer of salvation. But are there others here today? I'm looking across the balcony. I'm looking across the floor. I'm looking from the back all the way to the front. Is there another? This is your time. This is your hour. In the name of Jesus. Join hands with someone next to you, if you would, please. The Bible says that if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that God raised Christ from the dead that we would be born again we believe the scripture to the core of who we are and now in Jesus name I want to pray that prayer with you and you're going to be changed for all eternity let's pray together Jesus Jesus. by faith faith, 
We believe in your ability to change our lives. And in Jesus' name, Father, we repent of our sins. Stop for just a moment. Somebody doubts trying to hold you back from praying this. God's chasing you. God's chasing you. God's chased you since Friday night. You're here. It's time for you to make things right with God. Lay down the facade, and now's the time. Right here. Come on. Father, forgive me of my sins. I give you my past, my present, and my future. And in Jesus' name, I believe he came for me. He died for me. He arose for me. And by faith, now, God is my father. Heaven is my home. This matter is settled. Amen and amen. Come on, give the Lord a praise today. Hallelujah. That's today's word from Pastor Don Allen to help you get real with God, fall in love with Him all over again, and live out your destiny now. To learn more about our pastor and the ministry of the church at War Hill, join us online at warhill.com. Then join us in worship at one of our North Georgia locations. Service times are Sundays at 815, 930, and 11 a.m., where you will find real love now.